Some time ago, there was an apprentice carpenter, a young man who was trying to train under a master carpenter. And this young apprentice spent a few years with this master carpenter, learning the trade, learning how to build houses in particular. And over this time, he developed a close kind of uh, incredible trust and incredible sort of even veneration for this master carpenter and the way he built houses. He was learning so much from him. One day came, however, after a couple of years of being this master, par- master carpenter's apprentice, where the master carpenter said to the young man, look, you've learned all you can with me. It's time for you to go off and build houses on your own. I trust you. I'm going to give you projects now of your own to do. And when this apprentice heard this news that he had to start building houses on his own, he was quite afraid. He was very nervous. The idea of going on a project by himself was a bit terrifying for him. He didn't really know if he could do it. And he started to get a bit upset even with this master carpenter for abandoning him. This Sunday, we celebrate the ascension of Jesus when Jesus, after his resurrection, ascends to the Father. And I think that Jesus' disciples, who we read about in the Gospel today, perhaps felt a little bit like that apprentice carpenter when his master told him to go build houses. Perhaps the disciples, when Jesus left their presence, felt a bit abandoned, felt a bit isolated from him. Perhaps they started to question why Jesus even needed to go back to the Father in the first place. We too, I think, can ask ourselves a similar question. Why did Jesus have to ascend? It's a serious question. Just think about it for a moment. Wouldn't it have been better if Jesus had just stayed with us after the resurrection? Kind of think about this thought experiment for a moment. Imagine if Jesus had risen from the dead, right? And and, and, and instead of ascending into heaven, had gone back maybe to live in Nazareth, his hometown, set up shop there. And whenever there were problems, we could call on Jesus. If we had a personal problem, maybe we could call Jesus on the phone or we could go visit Nazareth uh, in pilgrimage, like we go to visit the Pope at the Vatican. Or if world leaders were having problems, Jesus could mediate lasting and true peace. This, I think, is an important question to consider. Why did Jesus ascend to the Father in the first place? After Jesus rose from the dead, Why couldn't Christ just stay with us, to be present to us? Wouldn't that make our lives a whole lot easier? Well, ultimately, we learn that Jesus has to ascend to the Father so that we can develop to be true and adult followers of Christ, so that we can really blossom into being disciples of Jesus. Going back to that example of the apprentice carpenter, the master carpenter knew that if he was always with him, always asking him questions whenever he needed something, this apprentice could never grow and develop to be able to build houses on his own. And as this story continued, when the apprentice went and started to try to build houses on his own, sure, he made mistakes, he had difficulties, he had challenges, but he grew and developed in ways that he couldn't have had if he was always under his master building houses. And as the years went on, this apprentice carpenter ultimately became a master carpenter his own, built incredible houses, had apprentices working under him, and ultimately said to them at a certain time when the time was right, look, it's time for you now to go away and build houses on your own. Jesus ultimately does this for us as well. If Christ had always remained with us, 
always kind of present to us in that physical way, we could never have grown to be full disciples of Jesus. We would never have the opportunity to, deter, to continue his mission in the world, to take risks, to make mistakes. If Christ were always with us, we couldn't grow in the way that Jesus wants us to. Ultimately, Jesus trusts us, and he wants us to grow into full disciples of his, to imitate him more and more fully by fulfilling his mission in the world. This is perhaps one reason we can think of, of why Jesus needed to ascend to the Father. It was ultimately for our own good, our own growth, our own development. Another example you could think of uh, for this is one that I kind of like to see sometimes when I used to be at a, at a Catholic elementary school. There's always the morning drop-off. And these morning drop-offs can be a bit like traumatic for the children, especially when they're in kindergarten. And you can see the parents, usually the mother is there dropping off the kindergarten child. Maybe it's their first day and the child doesn't want to go. And you can tell that the mother doesn't want to let go of the child. But ultimately, she, she has to let that child go into the school. Because as much maybe as she would like or if a father was in the same situation to be there with her child all the time, she knows that child couldn't develop. The child needs to go to school to learn from other students, to make different experiences Ultimately, Christ, just like that mother needs to step back and let the child go to school, so too Christ must ascend to his Father so that we can go and continue this mission he gives us and go build up the kingdom of God in the world to be ultimately full-fledged disciples of Christ. And we hear in the Gospel today quite clearly from Matthew's Gospel this mission that we have been given by Jesus. This mission is sometimes called the Great Commission, let me just read it again, this kind of mission statement that Christ gives us in the church. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. So we have a mission from Jesus. Jesus doesn't tell the disciples to stick together. Jesus tells the disciples to go, to go out into the world, to continue his mission in the world. Certainly they need to come together to be supported by each other. And we see this in Acts of the Apostles. But the disciples, like us too, are called to go out into the world. And we're called to go out into the world to proclaim Jesus both by our words and by our actions. We're to tell all people about who Jesus is, the difference that Jesus makes in our life. Kind of one way we could think about this, the words we would say to people is if someone asked you, why do you come to church on Sunday? Or why are you a Catholic? What would you tell them? Maybe we might say, okay, I have to be here, you know, or I don't know, we can come up with different responses. But for each of us, I think we all have our reasons. We find life here in this community. We find healing. We feel challenged. We receive the grace of God. We should all, I think, be able to, in some ways, answer that question to explain to people why we keep coming here on Sunday, why we draw life from this community of faith, the positive difference that it makes in our life. We're called then to communicate to others by our words who Jesus is and the life that he gives to us. Ultimately as well, we know that we have to communicate this mission of Jesus by our actions, by the kindness, the love, and the service that we show other people. And in many ways, of course, our actions speak louder than words. Pope Paul VI said it very well, I think, when he said, 
in a, a great kind of document on the need for evangelization and mission, Paul VI said, People today listen more willingly to witnesses than to teachers. And if they do listen to teachers, it is because they are witnesses. Paul VI, I think, here is really pointing to something very central. Our example, of course, as Catholics in this world, as Christians, is so important. If we present an example of love, of service, and kindness to others, the words that we say will really have an important resonance and impact in people's lives. Jesus then, in ascending to the Father, gives us this great commission, this really almost impossible commission, to go into the world and make disciples of all nations. Ultimately, however, this Gospel of Matthew ends on an incredible positive note. Jesus, it is true, ascends to his Father. He separates himself for his disciples. But look at the very last words of the Gospel today. And remember always, remember I am with you always, to the end of the age. Jesus does not abandon us. He is with us always. And this theme of Christ's presence to his community is central to Matthew's gospel. Matthew's gospel actually is bookended by this uh, message of Christ's presence to us. It begins with this message and it ends with this message. The very beginning of Matthew's gospel, when the angel appears to Joseph, we're told that the name of this child to be born, Jesus, he will be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. Therefore, Jesus is identified as the presence of God at the very start of Matthew's gospel. And today, in today's gospel, we heard the very end of Matthew's gospel where Jesus says, he is always with us. So this gives us great comfort and hope that Christ is always with us when we gather together in community, when we receive the Eucharist, when we read his word, and ultimately when we receive his Holy Spirit that we will celebrate next Sunday, we're assured of the presence of Christ with us in our life, helping us ultimately to continue his mission. So just like that master carpenter told the apprentice to go build houses and expressed his trust in his apprentice, so too let these words of Christ sink into our hearts. Jesus has given us a mission because he trusts us, because he loves us, because he wants us to grow and develop. Let us therefore accept this mission once again today, trusting always that Christ will never abandon us. He's always with us, supporting us.